Hello and welcome to The Leading Conversation with me, Tom Dawson-Squibb and Carl Brown. Today we're joined by Melbourne Rebels Rugby Head Coach, Dave Fessels. Dave's walked an interesting journey for a person who wasn't much of a player himself, became statistician at Western Province Rugby, defence coach at UCT, defence coach at the Western Force, then head coach at the Western Force, becoming the youngest ever Super Rugby coach, and now Melbourne Rebels head coach. Thrown in between that, he also ran a department in a multinational media company. Dave has been highly sought after around the world at different clubs and is thought highly of by the likes of Eddie Jones and Russi Erasmus for his ability to think critically and out the box and also drive great intensity and learning in the environments within which he works. Dave shares some great insights with us in terms of what they've done in their system, in terms of how they've innovated to create joy, to create learning, and to ultimately create an environment where players want to be and have not wanted to leave, despite them having the opportunity to leave in this COVID crisis. Dave shares candidly his own journeys, his own mistakes, and his own successes, and what makes for an unbelievably rich and interesting conversation. You may not have heard huge amounts from Dave or about Dave before this, but I can promise you, you're going to want to hear a lot more afterwards. I hope you enjoy it. So here we are with um, Melbourne Rebels rugby coach Dave Vessels, and obviously Carl, lovely to see you again this week. Um, Dave, thanks so much for, for giving up your time. I know it's late evening there in Melbourne. Um, we have a, well, we, I've, I've been very privileged to work with you in a number of environments. Um, and I, uh, I've always enjoyed your ability to keep other people around you curious and stimulated. Um, I think you've obviously got huge amounts of strengths and then like all of us, me, me especially, some weaknesses as well. Um, but you've had this massive ability to keep people stimulated. So I'm looking forward to the conversation this afternoon. I think you'll be able to do the same thing with people listening. Um, oh, thanks, Tommy. No, th- thanks. Um, Dave, I wanted to know, you, you've probably been asked this a number of times, but you came from not a massive playing pedigree to be the youngest coach in Super Rugby, essentially, um, and to be really highly thought of uh, and spoken about, not only by players, but around peers around the world. Um, was that quite intimidating for you? You must have been a point in time when you were coaching or leading people who were older than you, um, who had more experience in the game than you, yet you, you know, you've managed to, to have, have some good success. Intimidating? Not intimidating? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it definitely was. Eh? Um, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, to be honest, how I ended up in this situation was just a huge amount of luck, to be honest. Um, you know, all the people that I met along the way, um, I, I just, I got so many lucky breaks that, I don't know, if I hadn't got those, it just, my life would be very different, you know. And and definitely, there's no, there's no ways when I grew up, I'd say, I'd be living in Melbourne, coaching Super Rugby with three little Australian kids and you know it's just um it's kind of a bit crazy I played third team rugby at school and I went to St. Stidians and geez I mean we went to great rugby school <laughs> so to play third team was 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 not uh was no um was nothing special um um so yeah I mean um I've learned a lot along the way. I think maybe I think it's probably the same for in any in anything you do. When you start out, you probably don't realize how bad you are. <laughs> you like you're consciously incompetent. You're unconsciously incompetent, and uh, you're going about. You actually think it's quite easy. And of course, as you get as you as you get into it, you start to realize, hang on, there's a little bit more to this than sort of 
meets the eye and then you start to get really stressed because then you you feel like geez i i don't know anything you know uh, and then after a while that actually becomes the cool part of it that you don't know anything because that's the learning and that's that's the fun bit you know is actually growing and um and that moves to like a part where you actually you're okay uh with the fact that you don't know anything um and then you start to become um I guess kind of curious about what else what how you can improve yourself and how you can grow and um and I think that's a journey that everybody has to go through no matter what you're doing I don't know I don't think it's only in coaching but um and it's it's it starts out wonderful it's very difficult in the middle and hopefully at some point it ends up wonderful but I'm still on the journey so I'm not too sure yeah no thanks I I mean I want to get into your view on growth and curiosity I, i've been fascinated recently listening to people like yourselves and the eddie joneses and what have you how, how how the best guys seem to remain the most curious and the guys who seem to be the least curious are the guys who you know they advocate their own position all the time i i, I do want to know from you dave have there been any times or particular moments when you thought shucks i don't know what i'm doing here this is difficult like tom in podcasting can I phone? Yeah, can I phone a fr- <laughs> can I phone a yeah. friend? You know, was there specific moments, yeah. or have there been specific moments where you've had to do that? No, geez, plenty of those, plenty of those, and they still happen all the time. Um, and I think the hard thing, probably, when you when you a head coach, is that everybody thinks you have the answer. You know, everybody looks to you for the answer, and of course, you don't have the answer a lot of the time. Um, and I've probably just when you start, you you. You don't want it to be a sign of weakness that, geez, I don't know. All that. And actually, again, you realize that people can pick that up quick, you know. And you're much better to say, listen, guys, I haven't, I'm not quite sure about this one. I'll, let me think about it. I'll come back to you. Or, you know, what do you guys think? <laughs> um, um, I think one of, what, what do you think is probably one of the most p- powerful words that a leader can say. You know, what do you think? <laughs> um, and... Um, Again, it's probably just moving from being intimidated by that, by actually being comfortable in in that this is a journey. It's not a it's not a point in time, you know. And as if you can see things like that, then you feel much more comfortable to engage with that sort of stuff. And yeah, the big thing is probably Tommy that we talk about a lot, and you guys know Footy. He's a he's a uh, Kevin Foot. He's a he's a he preaches it all the time, and he lives it too. You know, which is just about humility. Um, humility is the start of all learning. Like if you're not actually prepared to admit that you don't know everything, you're never going to be in the mind space to, to, to learn. Um, and that sounds like an easy thing to do, but we're all human, you know, and um, there's always times in everybody, even the most humble people that you know, their ego gets out of control and starts to take over. And it's the discipline of actually being able to dial that in and um, probably having people around you that, that you can trust to actually say, hey, geez, you're acting like a dickhead now. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, being then prepared to listen to that, you know. Um, mm. And so I've been lucky probably in a guy like Footy who does from time to time tell me that, you know. Yeah. Dave, I, Kyle, I know you're going to have something. That, you mentioned it in, your, in, in what you said there. One thing that I picked up from working with you was that question, what do you think? I reckon you used to ask me it about three or four times a day. Um, but but I, I, what I noticed and I saw this, Kyle, is... is Guys would come to be part of the Melbourne setup for a day. You know, they'd come in and they'd say, "Oh, can we spend a day and and and, and sit and watch Dave and his system?" And Dave would always ask them for their opinion. 
So he'd ask that person, like, so what do you think? And this guy might be a random, you know, under 15 basketball coach who's just coming for the day. But Dave would always genuinely ask them their opinion. And um, Dave, I know you've got that story of, I think it was your dad, uh, who would go and he would go to a function and he'd sit next to one of the most inexperienced people. Is that, do you remember that story you once told? Oh, you'll have to remind me, sorry, Tony. Okay. Yeah, I think your dad, he, he, he would go and sit next to like one of the most experienced or junior people in the room and he'd ask them and he'd get curious about that person rather than just going to a function and sitting next to the, um, you know, the most experienced or the heart or the heavy hitter yeah. because he felt he could yeah. learn something new. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, that's that's also, you know, like you, you, you often find the guy in the group who's least connected and uh, that's the guy who needs your time. You know, the star player doesn't always need your time because he's got what he wants and he's he's happy. Um, and of course, it's much easier to go and sit with a guy who's gregarious and funny and because that's comfortable for you. But the learning is how do you engage with the guy who's not like that, who's maybe a little bit shy, who's struggling with something? Because if you don't do that, you're also not going to grow. Um, and when you start doing that, I mean, even now today, I struggle with this sometimes with that. I say, I'm eating my eating my pasta there and I just want to get out of there. <laughs> but it's like, you know, actually, I've, I've got to learn to tap into this guy. And um, one of the powerful things that I think um, um, one of the guys from leading teams told me many years ago is that if you're still talking about the same player and the same things in 12 months time, that's your that's on you. You're the coach. That's your job to fix that guy. So if the guy's still unfit or you're still battling with his passing or whatever, it's not his fault. It's your fault. You're the coach. Um, and so I think even now, if we if we release somebody from the team, which has to happen from time to time, I think you still want to have that conversation from your perspective. You're saying to the guy, listen, I'm sorry that I couldn't find a way to connect with you. I'm sorry that I couldn't get the best out of you. You know, And of course, on some level, it is his responsibility. I get that. But I think in your mind as a coach, um, you're trying to say, actually, that's my job. And if I didn't do that, I failed in my job to move this guy. Dave, just uh, this conversation is moving like 100 miles an hour. This is uh, it's awesome. It's been such a good start. And um, I wanted to ask a bunch of questions, but I didn't want to stop you from talking, bro. So um, (laughs) I think the one that, that pops up right now for me is, you're talking about engaging with players, connecting with players. What are your favorite ways of, of connecting with players? How, you know, I think, and obviously it's very unique to each different player, but there's got to be a starting point, you know, there's got to be a way that you start uh, building that connection. What, what is, what's your favorite ways? What's your thing, you know? Uh, yeah, Carl, and, and to be absolutely honest, I would say that's, this is probably my big work on, you know. Um, I would say I... Um, at, when I first started, I, I, I was just obsessed with rugby. Like, I just loved the game. And so I'd quite happily watch hours and hours of footage and try to be as technically good as I can. And, and that sort of, I guess, brought me some credibility with people that I could maybe help them a little bit technically or whatever. Um, and and I do find it easy to connect with people, and I think we all do, that are like me, you know, that probably had a relatively similar upbringing, um, all those sort of things. And um, you know, one of the things I've learned in Australia, we've got a lot of a lot of players from um, uh, Pacifica players, you know, from from Tonga, yeah. Samoa, and Fiji, um, and they they just they champion people. They're all great people, but their upbringing is wildly different to mine. Um, and and some of them um, I found a, a connection with, and that's and 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 
I can feel that now in our engagements with each other. Like I can feel there's an energy to it and that they'll will play will work for each other. But some of them I'm I'm still working with that, you know. Um um so it's a yeah, I can't really answer your question other than to say I'm I'm yeah. I, I would say if you had to say to me what's my one big work on is probably the ability to connect with people who are not like me and who don't think like me and are not driven the same way as me, for, you know, for the same things is what I mean. Um, yeah, that that's, uh, that's so, probably no, it's, a shit it's answer really, bit. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's really the, the basis for everything are those connections. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere without the connections. It doesn't go anywhere without the relationships, you know? So it's, uh, like, yeah, I think it, if more it, people could work on those things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think people need to fundamentally know that you want the best for them. You know, that's, that's, I don't think you have to be their friend. Well, actually, I know you don't have to be their friend. The, 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 the teachers that I remember from school and that I'm probably think, think of highest from school were those teachers that were tough on me, you know, um, one guy in particular was, a he was like an ex, uh, ex Sulu scout. He was, he was special forces guy. He was, he was, he was, a, he was a tough man, you know, but I respected him because he, made it very clear what his expectations were and he treated everybody the same when you didn't deliver on those expectations. doesn't mean he liked me or I liked him, but I respected him for that. Um, and so what I do think has probably happened a little bit in coaching, and this might irritate Tommy a bit, is there's a movement to sort of say, geez, I mean, you've got to connect with people's why and you've got to, you've got to get their buy-in and you've got to do all of these things. And yes, I do, I do think that's important. But there are some players who just want to know what to do. Just tell me what to do. I'm going to, if you tell me to hit this guy, I'm going to hit him. You know, um, they don't need a fancy reason for that. They're just, they, they're going to do that because you told them. Um, yeah, and so I think good coaching is a mix of those things. It's not the same for every player. Um, the analogy I always give is with, to, the, to the coaching staff is my kids. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to raise my kids by guiding them and showing them and letting them explore and things like that. But sometimes uh, they they got bad manners, and I'm just gonna say, hey, stand up when Granny greets you, or you know, uh, shake his hand. I'm not I'm not asking them. I'm not giving them a debate or trying to find their why. They must do that because I'm I'm their I'm their little boss, you know. <laughs> and sometimes that happens in our environment too. Um, so, so now talking about uh, the. Yeah, about the, like you're talking about the teacher, you know, and, and how, mm. you know, he gave very clear expectations of what he wanted from each of you. Yes. It feels, you know, you're talking about, and, and then again, you're talking about the modern day movement of players and the individualism of everybody. And is there, is there still a space for, I mean, is, what's the differentiator there where how you have your, is it more of a personal thing that you give out? These are my expectations. And then you treat each individual their way, or is it quite a, quite a generalized thing? Yeah, I think there's probably two, two parts to that Carl. One, one is somebody just put me onto this thing, the, the, the Gallup survey, uh, which Tommy probably knows. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I was I was looking at this and I was saying this is this is the most basic thing I've read, but it's so true. And the foundational, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know. And it's like food and water. If we don't have that, I mean, we we're not exploring the the deeper stuff. And and that basic stuff in this in this in this, this Gallup survey, which is about employee engagement at work, is um, is it clear what's expected of me? 
And then have I been given the tools to do what's expected of me, uh, to actually execute that? Um, and I, I can just think of any number of environments that I've led where I don't reckon in the past it was 100% clear to people exactly what they're supposed to be doing, what I expect all the time. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's it's such an interesting one. There was a, to back up your point, there was a, I think it was Deloitte. They do an HR survey every year. And one of the key things that came up was um, as, a, as a hindrance to performance was complexity at work, um, mm. which I think ties in nicely with what you're saying. Like, I just don't really know what I've got to do and how I've got to do it. And if you can make it really simple for people, um, it yeah. helps. In a real practical way, it's just a, it's, it's just a breakdown of trust. I mean, if I sit in front of a team meeting and I rip into a guy because he didn't do X, Y, or Z, but it wasn't 100% clear to the rest of the room that that's what he should have been doing. Geez, I mean, I've lost trust with the room, haven't I? Because I've thrown a guy under the bus when actually it was on me because they weren't 100% sure that's what he should be doing. Very different if the whole room can say, hey, Tom, you, we know you should have been doing X, Y, Z there. And mm. it's on, then it's on Tom. And that changes the dynamic of the relationship quickly. Kyle, you, to that point, you, you gave me a bit of insight where you said you can't expect people to be intense if they don't know where to go. Um, and, and, and Dave, you, you made a wonderful point, sort of joking. You said, yeah, this might upset Tom. Because I think people <laughs> like, like coach, coachy type people can get so caught up in asking questions all the time, you know, a question after question after question. Carl, maybe you can point out, because you guys were pretty driven and pretty methodical on what you were doing in your sevens group. Um, w- w- was it clear what you had to do all the time? And did you as captain help with that clarity or was it very much a coach thing? Yeah, it was, it was I'd probably say uh, 85% clear, because I mean, I don't even know if you can have any more clarity in that on a rugby field, on a sports field. Um, and, we, yeah. No, well, I mean, that's that's probably the second part to what I was going to say, Carl, because I reckon a really good coach, it's like, a you know, the analogy that I heard recently, which is a good one, which is it's a it's a it's like a frame of a picture. You know, yeah. you, you, you your job as the coach is to provide the frame. But then, you know, you're lucky enough to have some of the best players in the world. They're going to color in the picture. You don't <laughs> yeah. want to color in the picture because they're going to do a better job of that than you. But they must do it within the con- within the frame of the team and the constructs of the team. Um, so it's the skill of you. It's the skill of yes, we want to be super clear, but I'm I'm doing that on a on a principle level. Um, oh. The detail of how they might do that in a moment is really on the individual ability okay. of the player. So interestingly, Neil Neil always had this thing. Um, he said he always wanted to talk about being yourself. So he would say, get outside of your box. You know, don't put yourself in a little box. So it's outside the box, mm. inside the box. So exactly mm. what you're saying: get outside of your own little box. And be within the team mm. box. It was quite mm. funny because it's like it's a bit contradictory and everything, but it works out really well if you understand where it's coming from. Uh, and mm. also, Tom, to, to answer that, eighty-five percent is probably too high. You know, like there's there's so much freedom within the game, but you know, like you were saying, Dave, the correct princi- principles is is all you can teach. Um, when you're talking about choreographing and understanding and knowing your role and everything. In, in sports alone, that's like uh, you're looking at set piece kind of things, things that are, are quite predictable. Um, and then again, you can put those principles into place in open play again, but you also want to give that player the freedom to express themselves. 
You know, yeah. and that, and the, the 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 only way you get the best out of these, you know, these these players that can bring the magic, is by giving them a bit of a canvas. You know, and then, mm. you, like you say, you create that framework and you create a little bit of boundary for them and everything, but not too rigid. Um, just enough that they they can go out there and they can be exactly who they want to be, and then you generally try to get the best out of them that way. Mm. Mm. Dave, you, you um, we, we talked about curiosity, and you like to ask questions, and that's cool because every time I listen to you, like you've got a new story or a new analogy, which shows me that you're <laughs> learning a lot. You know, if people are listening and thinking, "Geez, I want to remain curious, but I also want to come across as 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 not like floaty or never picking a horse, so to speak," how do you mm. get that balance right between wanting to know more and trying to upskill? And going, right, this is what I believe in and I'm sticking to that for now. How, how do you get that balance right yourself? <laughs> for now. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, it's always going to change, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's going to change at some point. But how, how, how do you get that right, Dave? Um no, that that's that's a difficult question, Tommy, and I'm not sure that I do get it right probably why that's a difficult question. It's um um yeah, so look, basically the way that our our game works is that we have a very simple game model that we've evolved over a period of time that we, I would say, well, I certainly do. I 100% believe in it. Um, it's very well understood by people. Everybody in our environment can repeat that. It's very simple. Um, but we just, we fence post it all the time. We tell the story about it all the time. Um, and so guys can can do things to support that game model. As Carl said, you know, they might, um, they might, uh, uh, ad lib in an area of it but the fundamentals of it stay the same and so I think what we're looking for when we are curious is like am I suddenly going to tomorrow change and say no I'm going to be a a big mauling uh, totally different type of line out no I'm, I'm, we won't do that uh, um, but is there a better way to run a peel play that, we, that we've been thinking of or is there a better way to transition from uh, the team meeting or to teach that in the team meeting yeah that that's the sort of stuff we're looking for but i think the fundamentals of the game are we believe in them now and and um it will be hard to move us from those things i would say don't you find that that the um you talk about players ad-libbing and giving them that uh, that little bit of space for freedom creates or it actually promotes that curiosity because you see so much more than you, you would if you just, you know, you just fence them in and you create a tight space yes. for them to work in. That's all that they can do. Whereas if you allow them to do or give the player a little bit of freedom, they probably bring something that you've never even thought of before. And all of a sudden that yes. sparks a whole bunch of new questions. That gives you a whole lot more ideas. Well, geez, I mean, if he can do that, what, what about this? You know, what about if we do it like that? You know, and, and it's, that, yeah. it's that giving them the chance to show you the creativity that actually ignites the, you know, the creativity in yourself and the way you can think about things strategically and tactically. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, when I look back on it now, like I cringe at some of the stuff I used to do in the early days, you know, but I think, again, like I'm, prob- I'm pretty sure that every, every head coach goes through the same learning process, which is when you first get the job, you think, geez, I'm, I'm going to be able to do everything. And of course, you can't do everything. Um, and one of those things I reckon, Kyle, is actually saying, like, at some point, I have to hand responsibility to the players. You know, it has to actually, yes, I've created the, I've created the framework, but um, they have to color in the picture. And that starts already with the planning. That already starts in the meetings. So 
you know, I've, I've got a lot better over even just the last couple of months of having certain players really responsible for parts of our game to the point where I don't even, I won't present on it or talk about it at all during the week. They talk about it. Um, but of course, what I've also then realised is that if Dane Halepedi or Matt Tamur or Reese Hodge or one of our senior players like that is talking about something, the young guys just follow. They're not going to, they're not going to turn around and, 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 uh, you know, if the plan's well taught, at least they're not going to turn around and challenge Dane. They're going to do it with intensity. And so you get this total buy-in from the team, you know. It's a, it's a pretty amazing thing to watch because it's not just me all the time. Um, and then probably the second piece is that I found that my own voice is, is much more powerful because I use it less. So I'm actually able to interject much, uh, you know, uh, just on occasion. But it's, it's suddenly like people sit up when I suddenly say something. They're like, okay. You know, um, and that's that's cool. That's that's I can yeah. say less but do more. It's, cool. it's sort of cool. <laughs> Listen, mm. uh, so you you're talking about now again, just just looking at this framework and giving players uh, that freedom. Now, how how do you deal with the accountability side of it? When it you know you're talking about coloring in the picture when it goes wrong. You know, because yeah. now you've said, listen, here's a freedom. Go express yourself. Have a good time. You know, like you know, color that picture in well. But then what happens when it doesn't go well? Do you say, no, you didn't color it yeah. in as well as I wanted you to? or? Yeah, and, and again, uh, you know, like I'm talking about this like I'm an expert at all this stuff, which is not really true. Because what happened at the end of last season, I mean, Tom Tom knows. Um, about midway through Super Rugby, we were like top of Super Rugby. I think we were second, first or second. I can't remember. Second, maybe. Um, and then we missed, missed out on the finals on the last game of the season and um, it was like pretty traumatic to be honest and um, um, after that I mean I was I was really if I'm honest I was really unhappy I wasn't enjoying it I was about to sort of throw the towel in um, and and then on top of that um, um, the players gave me some pretty pretty harsh feedback you know like they and and one of the big things they said was lack of accountability um, and probably my reflection was when when I when I was at the Western Force, there was the whole drama between the Western Force and the Rebels, and um, you know it was a really unfortunate situation. But when when it happened, at the end of that, pretty much all of the Force team s- sort of bided their time to see what the coaching staff were going to do, and then followed the coaching staff, and it was a hell of a compliment for us. And if I sat at the end of last year and I said, geez, how many of these guys would do that that now? It was like low. That number was low. And so I just knew, geez, I've missed the boat here totally over the last 18 months or whatever it was. Dave, like, can I'm, I'm can a, I quickly jump in there? They said lack of accountability. On, on what front? Where, you know, where were they, what were they talking about? Well, I, th- I, think probably, I think probably on the back of that, Carl, is... is been my reflections of what I'm saying now, which is this this really clear game model, being really disciplined to stay to it, uh, yeah. being really intentional about getting people to buy into it. How do we reflect on it all the time? How do we measure it? How do we um, do all of those things is as a result of that feedback that I got oh, okay. uh, at the end of Super Rugby. So I wouldn't say I've always done that. I would say that's been... I mean, it was a hard lesson for me, to be honest. Like, it was really hard. Um, but again, it's like, if you're not listening to what they're saying you and you keep doing, you, you, you're you going to be in strife, you know. So 
I really went away and thought about it very hard and came back and this year has been been um yeah, I, I mean, the feeling in the team at the moment is totally different from that. I think we're back to the team that I, I want to be a part of, and I can feel the energy in the team. It's just totally different to last year, totally. Um, and it's because, yeah, I guess, first of all, we, we not only me, but all of the coaches, we all reflected on that. And then the second piece, we actually did something about it. We changed, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And we made... we. We made a system now that's very accountable, and everybody knows exactly what to do. Not not exactly what to do, but exactly what's expected of them. Sure. Um, and I think as a result of that, um, the feedback has been vastly different from the players. And I, you know, with all everything that's happening with this sort of COVID thing, one of the big agents who has a lot of agents, uh, sorry, a lot of players, said to me the other day, we 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 probably the only team that hasn't got players asking him to get out of their contracts at the moment, you know. And that was a great moment for me because that was like, geez. <laughs> Happy home. We, well, sort of. I mean, it's only a step moment in time, right? But it's, <laughs> we, we're doing something right for that, for that last couple of months, you know. Dave, um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, you mentioned you were almost willing to, you're willing, you're almost keen to pack it in. Like it was too much for you. Um, we also know that your your world of being a head coach driving a high elite sports team is probably different to someone in an organization. They've also got, in, in a different organization, also lots of pressures, but yours is like in the spotlight all the time. Um, you need to drive an intense environment to get performance. How are you now finding then balancing your own need to drive intensity with actually making this a joyous or more manageable experience for yourself? Because I would imagine if you were on the crux of chucking it all in, you might have reached a point of like, she's hang on, I've got to make some internal changes here. Is, is that is that a fair, fair synopsis? Yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, I, I just realized I was doing a lot of things in my job. Probably, probably first of all, my interactions with people were about the the result rather than the process and that was the fundamental problem you know so I was having a lot of interactions particularly with players that was driving an outcome rather than a, a learning process and that was because I was coaching for the scoreboard which is not how I started out um, so that needed to change and then the second thing that needed to change was like I just realized I was doing a lot of stuff in my job that I didn't like doing um, and footy was really great with me in this because um, we had a we had a very long cup of coffee, cup of coffee one morning that sort of went into a long lunch and all sorts of stuff. And um, but what we did was we we just took all of the real simple process. I just took all of the jobs of a head coach. So let's just say, you know, media, uh, athletic performance, medical, uh, list management, dealing with a board, uh, you know, uh, recruitment, whatever the things were. Just listed as many of them as we could think of, and then he did the same in his job. And and those of those people that know footy, he's a very different personality to me. He's a really um, engaging, um, really high energy guy um, um, who takes, who gets a lot of energy from his interactions with people. You know, when I think when I get under pressure, I probably just want to be by myself with my laptop looking at clips. He's the guy who who gets energy by really interacting and and telling jokes and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, and I think maybe that's why we've been together for so long because we sort of complement each other in that way and then so all we did was we listed those things we took a uh, we made a, a, a graph on the one axis was the 
this thing gives me energy. How, how much energy does it give me? And on the other axis, it was um, how good are you? How, what's my compet competency? How good am I at it? Um, so let's say just take whatever. Let's say um, medical. Okay, no medical doesn't give me a lot of energy, and but I'm I'm okay at it. I understand a little bit of the basics of what's happening. So then I'd put a mark somewhere on that chart for medical, and we did that for every element. And then at the end of it, we just sort of like swapped papers, you know, and he, there was obvious, there were some things that I was doing that I didn't like doing that actually was really well suited to him. He enjoyed that. It was his personality. Um, so we swapped um, and it's made a huge difference. Eh? Um, so now I go to work and, you know, Eddie, I mean, there's always going to be things that in everybody's job that you don't, that aren't your best, but certainly like 70, 80% of my day are the stuff that I enjoy doing. And I can see a huge shift in, in footy too, because he's, getting to do much more of the stuff that um, that he likes doing. Um, and so one of those practical examples is at the end of, we had our first buy actually just before we broke up with this whole virus thing. Um, and he led the cultural review with the team. So we all sat in a circle. Now, normally that's something I would have done, but that's just a strength of footies to be able to draw stuff out of people. And so he did it. Um, and it was great for me because I sat there and they actually gave me, the players gave me some real feedback. They gave me the feedback, but footy was facilitating it. And it was really cool. Um, so it's just a practical example of like what's actually changed. And I think uh, um, with that, it's, it's also that feeling that, I, you know, I don't have to carry the can for absolutely everything that happens here. Um, another simple thing we do, Tommy, just to illustrate the point, I guess, is that every day of our week, one of the coaches is the head coach for the day. So let's say, for example, on a Monday, Sean Byrne, who's our attack coach, he runs Monday. Everything from the meetings to the clips that's going to be showed to the uh, design of the training session, everything, that's his job. And he runs every Monday. So he already knows in his planning of his week and the structure of his week that Monday is going to be his responsibility. And then the same Tuesday morning, Jeff Parling, uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, footy. And so it goes like that during the week. Um, and... What that's also given people is like the freedom to be themselves and to do the planning and things like that. But it's, and yes, we all have inputs into that. They still have to present the plan to us, and we might say, "No, geez, change that," or "No, we don't need that meeting," or "Let's do that meeting in a in a different way." Or, of course, we're going to do that. But it's not all me feeling like I have to come up with a plan all the time. I have to be responsible for it. Um, and I think the second part of that is that they've the coaches grow massively out of that because. Um, when you're an assistant coach, you think, geez, life's pretty cruisy here, you know. You, you don't really have a, a view of what it's like to be the head coach. And it's great when you're an assistant coach, you can have a million ideas. But when you're the head coach, suddenly, you, the, as someone said to me today, today, you're the decider. Very different from being the ideas man to the decider. <laughs> um, and this is a way of them getting a little bit of exposure, I guess, and growing to say, actually, this is not as easy as it seems, you know. Yeah. Um, and it probably creates a little bit of empathy probably in the environment where they realize, yeah, there's a little bit more going on here than maybe I thought. Yeah, sheesh. I mean, that's uh, that was amazing to listen to. Both your candidness is inspirational, but also just your, just to be so innovative. I, 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 I'm, I'm, do you, there's two, there's two sort of, they're not negatives. I'm wondering, sport can be, whilst it can be innovative, it can be quite like, this is how we do things. 
question one is have you met resistance for like hang on why is dave not in the front of the meeting all the time and and two have you ever found yourself getting little twitches like oh my word i want i need to step in here oh, i need to control this or i need to influence this more like this is going in the wrong direction because i reckon i might experience that i wonder how you how you've navigated both of those bits of potential resistance if they've come at all uh, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, well, I certainly haven't noticed any resistance to it. I think probably what's freed me up from some of that planning and things like that is actually, first of all, having the energy to talk, to, to get around and connect with people, but also the time, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting a training session together. Like someone else is doing that. So where am I? Like I'm probably walking around the physio room, just having a random chat with somebody. And, um, and that's made a huge difference, you know? Um, and, um, yeah, I think the second point is, yeah, do I want to to uh, interject all the time? Yeah, that's my personality. I definitely <laughs> want to do that. But um, I, try, I try not to, I guess. Um, again, I think one of the things that has improved that is the, because there's a structure now to it, um, it's almost like we're better at challenging each other as coaches prior to doing that in front of the team than maybe we were when it was a bit loose. Because um, I already know what's coming up in this meeting, exactly what the content's gonna be, exactly how he plans to check for understanding, what's the primer he's gonna use, uh, what are the questions he's likely to pose to the team. And we're gonna talk about that before he goes there. So that when he gets there, he's super confident. He, 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 he's already kind of had a test run, um, you know, against the coaching staff. Um, um, and what I would say is probably different coaches have responded differently to that. Some some coaches do feel uh, really, really energized by the learning process and by feeling like, just as we do with players, expecting them to give each other each other good feedback and learn and grow. We expect that of the players, but it's not as easy to do yourself. you know. Um, and then some coaches um, probably see it a little bit more threatening, you know, like we... we testing them we check why do we have to run this content past each other all the time and um and i think for me again that's an example of because i'm you know as, as bad as it sounds i'm the boss and that's what i said we're going to do and if you don't like that that's your that's your choice you know i've got a friend of mine um great friend of mine from perth who was a, a very senior guy in the sas uh in in afghanistan and in iraq and He's a really great guy. He's got a lot of stories. And he just said to me at one point, you know, he was having some, some I don't know the details, I can't remember the details of it, but he was having some trouble with some guys. And he said, look, you know, we're going to make some changes to the way we're doing things here in this in this regiment or whatever. Um, and there's two reasons why we're going to do that. One is because, I, you know, we can all see that's the right thing to do and we should do that. And the second thing is because I'm the boss. And I said, that's what we're going to do. And <laughs> that's important as well, you know, like um, uh, probably... In, at some point, you know, if you look at all the successful sports coaches in the world that I know, um, they're, 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 they're hard men, you know. And although they although they do care about people's opinions and although they do, at some point when the, go, when the going gets hard, um, they're going to look to you. And, um, you know, my friend always used to say there was a moment in the gunfight where they would turn to him. There was a real, there was a real trouble now. Um, and... Uh, he used to say one of the things he used to do was take a candy bar along. And so when it got really, when the gunfight got really hot, he'd start eating his candy bar. <laughs> uh, and what he wanted to show the guys around him was like, I'm in control here, don't worry, I'm fine. 
we're going to be fine. Um, and it's kind of that, you know. It's eating your candy bar when the going gets a bit tough, I guess. What, what's yeah. your candy bar, Dave? <laughs> I think it uh, comes in a green bottle there with, <laughs> with a screw top. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, Dave, I mean, I, I, I think we every guest we, we get on here, we want to carry on going or say, would you mind coming back for part two? Because I don't want to take a lot of your time. It's getting late there for you. I know, you, I know you're an early, early to bed person. Um, Carl, I'm going to ask the normal question to end. Did you want? Did you want to interject with anything before I ask that one? No ways, Drew. This is uh, oh man, you're 100 right, Tom. Like it's uh, this is oh, man, this is worth two, three hours. Dave, we'll have to we'll have to wake up earlier and, and get you on board uh, around dinner time, and then we can we can have a, a <laughs> couple of beers and talk more about it. But this has been fantastic. Thanks very much, bud. No, thanks Dave. for having me on, guys. Been good. Dave, I'm going to ask you two quick questions to end, if you're mad. Um, mm. The first question is, in no more than 30 seconds, how do you evaluate whether you are doing a good job as a leader? How do you self-evaluate? Um, I ask, what do you think? <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, but there's actually more to that. Um, uh, I ask, what do you think? 18 that seconds people left. Often people's response is often about what and i say anything anything you want to talk about because sometimes what comes out of their mouth is a massive surprise it's totally something that blindsides you you weren't expecting them to say that you're thinking about attack or kicking game stuff or a meeting that just happened and they they talk about no the, f- the food at lunch was shit why did we have that for lunch and you're like yeah actually i didn't think about that why did we have that for lunch that was terrible yeah. you need to talk to the nutritionist about that <laughs> so yeah, it's a good open-ended question. No, that's cool. I, I got accused the other day of, of doing a few things uh, that look a lot like Dave Vessels. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I, took, I took it as a compliment. But I, I love asking. I, I learned that from you. Like, what do you think? It's awesome, Carl. It's awesome. You go around and it's amazing what you learn. And what I learned from Dave being in that environment of what do you think is it, is it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you thinking about betterment all the time. So I love that. And then, Davey, the last question. Um, you've got 60 seconds to give a presentation. What's the content of that presentation? <laughs> uh, I think it's probably uh, what I wish I knew then that I know now. Uh, I had so many, well, I mean, I still do, but geez, I was, as I started out by saying, I'd be just so lucky with the people that have given me an opportunity, you know, like um, probably Russi was the first first one and Dobbo was there and, but that coaching group was Russi. I mean, we had Russi, Jacques Ninaba, Matt Proudfoot, uh, Brendan Fenter, Gary Gold. I mean, it was, uh, Alistair Kutsia. Jeez, it yeah. was a hell of a coaching group. Eh? But I knew nothing about kids. the game, you know, like I really didn't, I didn't, if I, if I went to that group now, I'd have so much better questions to ask, you know, and so many more things that I'd want to know. Um, so I almost wish I could have like a, someone had told me beforehand, these are the things you should ask because you're going to need it later, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry. That's a that's probably not my best answer. But that's <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough question. It's a tough question. It's a tough question. Thank, thanks so much, man. I, yeah, it's flipping. It's I, I love listening to you. I love chatting to you and, and getting your insights. Um, 
we'd love to have you back on the show again at some at some point and um yeah kyle i think you and i can debrief this uh afterwards but thanks very much and um yeah but i hope i hope that you guys get back on the field as well soon i think you are going to get back at some point and that uh also yeah. that the Reb- the rebels and your coaching group go from from strength to strength now awesome guys thanks so much for having me here thanks davy thanks cheers cheers dave